Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. Many of you are familiar with the game show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And in that show, they ask the contestants questions, and they start off with real easy questions, and it gets harder and harder. And as the questions get harder, the prize money gets bigger and bigger, and they have the opportunity to win a lot of money. But every now and then, they'll ask them a question, and they're stumped. The contestant is stumped, and a lot is at stake. And it means they could lose all that money that they have, you know, attained up until that point. And I'm sure they're feeling the pressure. They're under the lights. People are watching. It's a hard question. They get sweaty palms, and uh, this becomes a real crisis for the contestant. But when that contestant, according to the game rules, gets into a crisis, he or she has what they call lifelines. And the show that I've seen, and I, I haven't watched the new version of it, Um, and didn't watch much of the old version of it. But in the old version, I know they had three lifelines. They could, one, if they needed help, they could ask the audience. And the, you know, there's the, uh, the question had four possible answers. And the audience could press a button and, you know, they could pick the answer. And if like 80% of the audience thought it was uh, letter C that was the right answer, Chances were he's going to pick letter C and he's going to, you know, be able to move on in in the game. Or he could use the 50-50. And with the 50-50, they would eliminate two of the four. Two of the wrong answers are eliminated. Now you've got a 50-50 chance of getting it right. Or some of you will remember phone a friend. And that kind of became a common saying, you know, among people, phone a friend. You'd have somebody lined up that if you got stuck, uh, you would uh, call that friend and hopefully that, that person could help you. And those lifelines were designed to to get you out of trouble. Well, we aren't in a game show, but we might be in a sweaty palms time of our life going through some trouble and a lot is at stake. And wouldn't it be good when we reach those hard points that in those difficult points that we could phone a friend or we could ask the audience? Um, truth is we got something way better than that and for many of you this will just be a reminder the title of the message this afternoon or this evening is use your christian lifelines in times of trouble we have lifelines the good news is that i can share with you is that i'm going to focus on seven lifelines i'm sure there's more than that but i'm going to focus on seven lifelines that we all need to be reminded of when we're dealing in a time of uncertainty. And the neat thing about our lifelines is you can use them as often as you would like at any time of day or night, and the answer is always right. They never expire, and you never get a wrong answer. What are those seven lifelines? We'll go through them quickly. Number one, and these are in no particular order, you need to remember in these difficult days, you have a lifeline. The first lifeline It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. When you get stuck, when you get in a problem situation right now that's over your head, that's a lifeline that you have. The Holy Spirit. 
John 16, 13. How be it, the Lord said, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. I want you to notice in that verse, particularly as it talks about the Holy Spirit, it says he will guide you into all truth. You know, we're all under a certain amount of pressure right now. Uncertainty is not something that we enjoy. And if you're not careful, you might be tempted to believe things that are not true. For example, you might start doubting God. Is he real? You might say, well, I know God's real, but does he care? Or can he or will he really help me? And you might believe those things, and those things are not true. So it is good to have the Holy Spirit as a lifeline, knowing that he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you away from error. He will tell you that God is real. He will tell you that God does care. He will tell you that God can help you. And you say, well, how can I know that? How can I sense that? Well, unless, un unless you are grieving the Spirit, He's working in you. He's working. When you start to think things that you shouldn't think, He'll be there to convince you of that. And the Holy Spirit will always affirm Jesus and the Holy Spirit will always affirm the Bible. That is a lifeline that you have. He will guide you into all truth. All right, if I can get these pages separated. Number two, your second lifeline, which is available 24-7. You can use it as often as you want. There's no limit. The Bible. The Holy Spirit, then the Bible. Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, pier piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The lifeline that we can go to in these troubled times is the Bible. Note what it says. It is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. A discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. That's important because our hearts can be the source of problems. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So in trials, if we're not careful, our wicked hearts can lead us astray. In a time of trials, there may be some some Christians tempted to go back to their old way of handling problems. Going out and getting some alcohol. Or just decide, you know, I'm going to party. I can't think about it. I'm just going to hunt up the old crowd and party. Or, or I'm going to wallow in despair. So your heart may lead you in a wrong direction. But it's the word of God that is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And when you go to it as a lifeline, it will keep you from going in the wrong direction, allowing your, your deceitful heart to lead you in the wrong direction. You may start thinking, it may, this may come out of a deceitful heart, that I, I can't help but fear. You know, I can't help it, it's, and, it, and it's, it's disturbing me. But then you read the Bible, which is a discerner of the heart, and you read 2 Timothy 1.7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 
So we start thinking things that we shouldn't out of a deceitful heart, and then we read the Bible, and it exposes the weakness of our heart or the wickedness of our heart, and it keeps us on, on course. So that's a wonderful lifeline that you have when you're feeling the pressure. There's a lifeline there, the Holy Spirit, the Bible. Number three, prayer. Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. That verse says, be careful for nothing. And that's talking about anxiety. In, in, in trials, you may, be, you may have the tendency to be filled with an anxiety that's debilitating. You know, and I, I think we have to be careful here. And I heard a preacher preach on this the other day, and it, it was helpful. Um, a certain amount of care and concern, a, a certain amount of uh, caution is warranted. I mean, God made us emotional beings. When, when someone loses a loved one, they're not going to be chipper and cheery, but they're not going to be living in sin because they're grieving for, for some time. I mean, there was times when Jesus cried. There, there, were, there were times, when, the night before his execution, Jesus was sweating great drops of blood. But in the end, he did the right thing. So, you know, I think some people think that if I have any care or concern whatsoever, then I'm out of God's will. I, I don't believe that. I think where we're out of God's will is where it starts uh, putting us, uh, it starts isolating us, or it makes us sick, or it makes us where we can't uh, perform, or it, it's to the degree that people know that, it, that it's excessive. You know, but tempered uh, care and concern, Jesus showed care and concern. But when, when the anxiety starts to get out of control, which it does for some people, not all people, you, you start dealing with the what-ifs, you start dealing with catastrophic thinking, the anxiety of the unknown, you got a lifeline. Prayer, be careful for nothing. But what? But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So you have the Holy Spirit, you have the Bible, you have prayer. You also have, and I'm not promoting myself, I'm not promoting Brother Jamie, I'm just quoting scripture. You have men of God, you have pastors and teachers. They are to be used as a lifeline when you're in trouble. Ephesians 4, verses 11 and 12. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for what? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. God has given you preachers, evangelists, teachers to mature you, to help you do the work of the ministry, to build you up, to edify you. Note what it says there, for the perfecting of the saints, for the maturing of the saints. In trials, an immature saint may think or act inappropriately. They may be prone to anger. They may be prone to despair. But a good preacher is going to be challenging you and informing you, no, that's not right. Tonight, as I mentioned a while ago, beware of opinions. Beware of opinions that ride on emotion, that that can be divisive. That is this pastor loving you wanting to mature you. An immature Christian might be very 
angry and outspoken and divisive and stir up a lot of trouble. That's what an immature Christian would do. A mature Christian is going to do what I preached on, edify. And it's my duty, it's my responsibility to remind you of that. So that's a lifeline you have. That's help you have in a time of, of trials. Number five, Christian counsel. Christian counsel, Proverbs 27, 9. Ointment and perfume rejoice the heart. So doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. Hearty counsel. The counsel of brothers and sisters in Christ can be of great help. In a crisis where you don't get counsel, you're just limited to your own thoughts, your own ideas. And those could be very well tainted or prejudiced. They could be from a very narrow perspective, your own ideas. They may be from a lack of knowledge and a lack of experience. How wonderful it is, though, to go to people with hearty counsel, people who maybe are older, wiser, more experienced, can be of such great help. In, in, a, in a time of difficulties and trials, you, you may be thinking, doing the wrong thing. You need somebody to come alongside you that knows you, that you can talk to personally. Somebody that can provide you with another set of eyes. Uh, somebody that can provide you with a different perspective. Uh, somebody that can provide you with an objective perspective or a mu more mature perspective. Hearty counsel during a time of difficulties is a wonderful lifeline. And if you're not taking advantage of it, start. Number six, two more. Uh, this one's, I, I love this one. I don't know that I've worded it right, but I, I, hope, I hope you'll understand what I'm talking about. Number six, a lifeline is God's historical testimony. God's historical testimony. Let's go back to Joshua chapter four. Verse number one, and it came to pass when all the people were clean, passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe, a man, and command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stone, and ye shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. So after they cross the River Jordan into the Promised Land, they take 12 stones, they put them there. It is what? Skip down to verse number 6. That this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye these by these stones? That ye shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before, and the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, when it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. The Lord wanted to establish a memorial where they walked across on dry ground into the promised land. He uses that as a way of helping them. He wanted them to reflect. That verse says that this may be a sign among you. In a crisis, you may be so focused on the problems of the present that you forget about the victories of the past. God's historical testimony reminds us of past victories and tough trials and give encouragement regarding victories in our present trials. So a lifeline you have is just thinking. Thinking about past victories. You may not have a pile of stones somewhere, but you have piles of stones in your mind of when God gave you victory over this habit or when God healed your child, or when God healed you, 
or when God took care of your family through tough times or got you over this addiction or whatever it might be. God's historical testimony. And then lastly, number seven, is meditation. By meditation, we're talking about thinking on the things of God, the Word of God. First Timothy, Paul tells young Timothy, Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee. Paul is, is investing. Paul's giving him good counsel here. Which was given thee by prophecy with the laying of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. Meditate upon these things. Think about things the Bible tells us that are true. Things that are honest. Things that are of good report. Think on these things. Because in a crisis, if you're not careful, your mind may run away with you. So meditation is important. What, how we think is critical. Uh, you've heard this before and it, it bears repeating. Here's how important our thought life is, our meditating is. Sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. The good news tonight is while we may be going through some tough times, you have lifelines. I've just mentioned seven that are available to you right now. The Holy Spirit, the Bible, prayer, men of God, Christian counselors, God's historical testimony, reflecting back on what God has done, and meditation, thinking on the right things. These are lifelines that you have that are available to you. Don't make excuses why you can't use them. You, you say, well, who can I counsel with? You can call me, you can call Jamie, you can call our wives, you can call other people in, in the church. And I also want to mention this too. There, there are other things that you, you can do to help yourself. Exercise is so important. Uh, Sharon and Aaron and I went on our three mile uh, hike this morning and Sharon is the pace car. And she sets a fast pace, and it's all I can do to keep up with her. Eating properly. These are just practical things that are important. Uh, getting enough sleep is important. Uh, involvement in positive activities. Uh, avoiding triggers that create problems for you, such as, you know, bad, bad news reports and what have you. Uh, getting out in the sun uh, is good for you. But knowing these things isn't enough. Now, this may be the most important thing I've said because I think all of the previous things, most of you that are watching, you know this. Knowing these things isn't enough. You have to appropriate them. You have to get up off the couch. You got to get up out of bed. God will do his part, but he gave us a free will and he expects us to use it in a wise and smart way. You have to be intentional in your application of these lifelines. Um, you need to have, I would say three things, a time, a place, and a plan. You need to schedule these things. You need to understand the value of these things. You cannot leave it to chance. The psalmist said in Psalm 55, verses 16 and 17, as for me, now this is his decision, I will call upon the Lord, and the Lord shall save me. Now listen at this. Here's his plan. Evening 
and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. He had a plan. Again, just to know these things is not enough. You must be self-disciplined. You must get the energy so that this can be your finest moment. There are some people that struggle more than others. But the person I'm talking to that is struggling the most, do not take on a self-defeated attitude. Don't think that I can't. Don't wallow in self-pity. You can do this. Schedule this. These things. A time to meditate. A time to reflect. uh, A time to pray. A time to read your Bible. A time to listen to preaching. Don't quit. You say, Pastor, I've been, I've been battling. I've been battling certain demons, if you will, for, for years. Well, folks, the, the game isn't lost till it's over, and it isn't over yet. You're still battling. Some games aren't won till the last second of the fourth quarter. And some of those can be the most satisfying victories, the ones you pull out at the end. So the game is not over. Don't give up and don't think that you that you can. Don't stop just short of the, of the goal line. You can do this. And you have these wonderful lifelines. God is doing this for our good. For the lost people, it's just despair. It's just gloom. They're just grabbing at straws. You and I, we see this knowing that we're in a sin-cursed world and bad stuff is going to happen. There's going to be hurricanes. There's going to be buildings collapse. There's going to be war. The good news for us Christians is that's not for naught. That's for our good. You have these lifelines. They are available 24-7. They will always give you the right answer. They will um, be there for you. You can use them as often as you need them. The lifelines are available for you. Thank God for them. Utilize them. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for our time together this evening. Lord, thank you for the lifelines. Lord, when I pray, I try to remember almost every time I pray to give thanks for all of these things, Lord. You are so good to us. Yes, we're in a sin-cursed world, but we have a Heavenly Father that's holding our hand and guiding us every step of the way. Lord, but we've got to grab hold of the hand. Lord, help us to do that. Help us to have the resolve. And Lord, if we'll grab it, you'll be there. Lord, thank you for these lifelines. These are but seven. I'm sure there's many, many more. Lord, may we reach out to you. Bless us, Lord, during these times. Keep us safe. Keep us healthy. Provide for us, Lord. Watch over our healthcare workers. Watch over the essential personnel, Lord. Bless them. Keep them safe. Those, Lord, that are sick at this time, we pray for their healing. And pray for our church family, Lord. Give us wisdom as I meet with the deacons tomorrow. Lord, we want to be wise. We want to be prudent, Lord. And uh, just pray that you'd give us wisdom. Bless our church family, Lord. I thank you for them. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Mayo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.